Hey everyone, welcome back to Six Pod, your weekly sports podcast with Jacob and Simon. Um, just getting right into it. It's uh, it's a great time to be a, a Toronto sports fan. We got the Jays are now in full swing. The Leafs are, you know, it's still in first place and and continuing to win games. And at this point, those are the only two teams Toronto cares about. So, Simon, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, Jacob. Thank you uh, for asking. It's uh, Tuesday, or actually, no, Monday. Uh, Monday evening, uh, just after uh, Easter. Uh, it was a good um, good time to kind of reset and um, spend some time with family and, and reflect on uh, all, all of those, all of those things, but, uh, but yeah, I can't complain. Uh, you are right. It is a very, very fun time to be, uh, a Toronto sports team to, to support our, our two teams, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, can't complain. They, uh, they played today and I, and I know we, we were talking about that. Uh, they played Texas. So I guess let's just, Let's jump right in, Jacob. What uh, what did you see uh, from? I guess not only from from today's win, but just I think this is they've played now three games. They've played four, four, so, four, four. Um, yeah, just quickly, quick. Not isn't it weird to think the Raptors are right now just the least exciting team to watch in in Toronto sports? And again, we're not counting the Argos, we're not counting the FC, but usually for the past five years or so like it's just been raptors the only team you kind of put your faith in and it has just simply not been that as of you know the month of march at least they, they could turn around but that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about today so i'm not, let's break down that jays game really fast so a 6-2 win over the texas rangers a quality start from steven matt someone who was really kind of we didn't know what to expect from him he had almost a 10 era last year in 30 innings and and in the spring, he had no signs of of that. So he was looking great going into his first start and continued to be great in his first start. So six six innings, one run given up, eight or nine strikeouts. I mean, that's a great start for someone like Steven Matz. And, and as we pointed out too, like the weak point for the Jays this year is going to be their rotation. But if you're getting quality starts from someone like Steven Matz, hey, maybe this season starts looking better than we thought. So... Yeah, what what are you thinking? I know you watched some of that start, and you were you saw his ERA at the beginning of the game, not knowing too much about him, and you're like, why is why is this guy the one we're throwing out today? But yeah, I'm happy. I'm sure he proved you happier, happier, and that didn't make sense. I'm sure he proved you wrong, and you were happy about it. So tell me more. Um, yeah, no, I thought he he looked good. Um, he looked, he looked like confident and, and, and comfortable despite the questionable officiating, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later in, in this episode, but yeah, no, I thought he looked, um, like a MLB starter, definitely not a person who was having, like, I think I, I think it was like a 9.63 ERA last year. And so, um, you know, granted Texas doesn't have a, a high octane, high powered offense. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I, I he looked he looked good throwing pit throwing uh, throwing strong pitches and um 
definitely, yeah, as you mentioned, he didn't, he wasn't like the, uh, this, what, what his stats were showing for sure. He was looking like a different, uh, pitcher. So that was cool. Yeah, that was huge for the Jays to get that. And obviously the offense did its job today. Six runs, uh, a couple home runs, Simeon, Bichette, uh, not Bichette, Biggio. Bichette did have a couple hits too. It's just great to see some guys get going. Like Vladdy included. It's, I know I've been a, a bit of a Vladdy doubter on this podcast, but it's just great to see him more comfortable at the plate. He got he had the first RBI of the game for the Jays. Um, so it's just good to see guys like that coming through when they need to. We also got to see Jonathan Davis get his first start of the year. Um, unfortunately, Danny Jansen, too, um, was taken out of the game. He got hit on the inside of the knee with a foul tip, and Kirk had to take over later in the game. But um, I'm sure we'll hear more about that soon. I don't think it's anything serious. I think they were just kind of being cautious with that going on. But overall, Simon, fired me up to see the offense hitting when they needed to. Fired me up to see you know, someone like Steven Matz come through for the Jays and also fired me up to see People like from the bullpen just stepping up as well. So great signs, three and one to start the season right now. And again, as you mentioned, Rangers aren't going to be the highest powered team in the league, but they did score a decent amount of runs this past weekend against Kansas City. So when we're beating these guys, we're in good position, right? There were um, there were two moments, or I guess two uh, two themes or um, outcomes that I, that I'm taking from from today's game. First is uh that that heartfelt um like 35 second video of of vladdy and and Bo just like talking and and um that was that was just so sweet i for everyone who, who doesn't know it, it was just like a it was just like a video shot of like the two in in um in the dugout and they just looked like they were having like such a heartfelt conversation like that that's really cool um yeah little and, vladdy had his arm around bow yeah, it, it was cute just hanging out winning a ball game right a couple of he's young like guys rubbing he's like rubbing his shoulder was super cool <laughs> i was lit um so that was the first first one and Jacob, what was the final score uh six, six two six two yeah. um so that was that was, that was my first um kind of kind of cool uh I guess outcome or, or thing that uh, I thought that was going. Cool. The second is that a uh, forty thousand uh, Texas Rangers fans um, packed a stadium to watch their team lose to the Blue Jays six uh, two. So I thought that was, um, you know, believe believe in karma, if you will. I I just found that a little bit ironic, um, and just uh, I thought that was that was kind of fun too. Yeah, talking about that whole fan situation, it yeah, watching from home, I love to see it. I wouldn't go to that game, to be quite honest with you, especially in Texas. Not sure I'd love the idea of 40,000 other people sitting around me, likely, you know, spreading the disease. But just hearing people like cheer when a, when a ball is hit hard or the groans when the Jays scored or, or just reactions to the umpire calls, it's just great to hear that kind of thing again. And it's been a long time because last year you're watching a game, someone hits a game, game tying home run, and you just hear clapping from the bench. And it's like, what is this? Like, are we back to my my 12U house league little uh, five parents in the stands clapping when, when their son gets walked? Like, it was just nice to feel like, you know, the baseball fans are there and that they're into the game. And so obviously wouldn't love to be there in person, but it's just great to see that that kind of thing back in back in baseball 
It was the first um it was the first full season or sorry, full stadium since the the 2019 World Series, which is so crazy uh to think about. And yeah, I agree. Like even just like seeing fans in the back like um like above the backstop and just seeing them there. I was like, yeah, that there was like a eerie sense of like normalcy, but in like the weirdest, scariest um way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this looks yeah. cool. This is kind of fun, but like what's going on here? But listen, um if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know uh, how Jacob and I kind of feel about what 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 Texas is doing and um I, I don't really know what to, to say other than that. Um, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, no, I thought the Jays, uh, Jays look great today. I, uh, I agree. Um, yeah. And just the, to go yeah. back to like, not just today, they won their first series of the season against the Yankees, who obviously are one of the favorites to win the AL and just a little breakdown there. They had Ryu against Cole, the first game, and they won a pretty low scoring one in extra innings. Second game, they dropped. And to be quite honest, I think they could have won that game. Like the the winning RBIs were scored on like the flukiest hit. It was Jay Bruce just off the hands right in between left field and shortstop. So you hate to see a game one like that, but a lot of the times it's how it's going to fall. And then in the third game, they had TJ Zoik, Simon Pitch, who a lot of people also had questions about. I was listening to Jay's talk too. Um, not to, you know, point fingers or anything, but there was someone talking on Jay's talk and he was saying, I won't be surprised if TJ's like doesn't strike anyone out and doesn't go more than three innings. And I was like, what kind of confidence are we inciting in our pitchers here on, on the actual, this is the, like the ordained Jays talk guys. And I know they got rid of Mike Wilner, but the new guys stepping in and they just start like, just start shitting on our pitchers. Like, okay. Confused about that. And TJ's like comes in and against the Yankees lineup, arguably a top two lineup in, in the, all of the MLB. And he kind of, them in their place a bit we ended up winning game three and that was great to watch too so needless to say simon i'm pretty fired up about the rest of the season loving what i'm seeing so far and if we can continue to get that starting pitching then then i think we're really sitting pretty yeah i I don't um i'm excited right like i uh um i'm i'm happy to hop on the the Jays Bay uh, bandwagon. I mean, I guess I kind of watched a little bit last year because there's literally nothing else to do. Um, but yeah, go let's go Blue Jays and and hopefully we can keep it up as long as we stay healthy. Springer um, is coming hopefully back. he should be coming back Thursday, right? I think that's what they uh, the 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 report says. Like he's been taking BP and he's been practicing with the team, so all um just yeah sorry one more note about springer i don't know if you guys are seeing him on the bench but he just looks like he's really bought in to to being a part of this team and that's that's great to see someone with the experience and abilities that springer has just kind of kicking it with guys like vladdy or or Bo or or guriel and either just hanging out having a good time and that's you just love to see a team acting like that right yeah it's what shows a good team right like you know teams that are, are having fun that they, they, they've bought into that culture and um, you know, a lot of the best teams just say like, you know, I, a similar, a similar, you know, similar quotes were just said around the Leafs uh, this past week. Like, it's just a fun team to be around and, and winning is fun and committing to a culture is fun. And, um, Blue Jays seem like they're doing that and yeah, getting Springer back is going to be huge. Uh, Pearson, uh, is, is 
practicing. Um, he's doing flat ground pitching uh, as of right now. That's what um, I guess I think that's what the reports are. Um, they think he can get on a mound soon. So hey, we're looking we're looking okay right now. Like it was a very very scary. Like I think it was like last last like Monday or Tuesday where it's that that entry report was like yeah Yates Springer Pearson um really really dark uh like 25 minutes right there for Mm -hmm. for for jays fans but hey um we're doing pretty good right now we're we're playing without springer which is like wild to me Mm -hmm. um we're playing this way and so uh i'm excited to kind of see what happens for sure um and yes i mean if you want to just move over to a little officiating we were talking about earlier simon and i were discussing this to me We're curious to see. We'll give you our opinions, but if you guys want to give us some feedback too, you're welcome. Simon thinks umpires are the worst officiating in any kind of major big four sports league, we'll say. I disagree with that, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why. I think NBA refs are the worst right now. Um, I think if you're looking at the speed of the game, the MLB, home plate umpires, have probably the hardest margin to figure out. I know that there's a plate and there's that box you see on TV, but obviously there's no box there um, in real life. And so he's making a lot of these close calls. And today for the Jays game, he saw a couple outside of the box from, from the sports net view, but in the heat of the moment, Simon, a lot of these pitches do look like they're on the corner. They're on the, they're on the edge of the zone. And so I think you have to give a little leeway there for umpires. And I also think that's part of the game kind of going with what the umpire says and, and things like that. Whereas in the NBA, I know the speed of the game is also pretty quick, but there's three refs watching, you know, every play. And I know they all have different zones to watch and, 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 and things like that. But I just feel, especially in the past year and a bit, refs in basketball, they'll, they'll, they'll make a call. And okay, you've made a call. But then a lot of the times players will react to them and it's like automatic technical. And it just seems like a lot of these guys are going on power trips and they're getting angry at, at players for being frustrated with a lot of the times calls they're allowed to be frustrated with. And I just don't think that's a great look for for the NBA refs as a whole. The NBA hasn't really addressed that. They've, in fact, just been suspending and fining players for their behavior when getting these technicals. And I don't think that's right. And I think they really need to reevaluate how the refing is going. I'm not saying the MLB uh, umpiring is perfect by any means. Um, I just think given all the factors going into what a home plate umpire sees uh, compared against an NBA ref and kind of their actions, I think NBA refs are are rubbing me the wrong way a little bit more. Jacob, Jacob. Um, I think I think you're on the wrong wrong side of this one. And for, for a couple of reasons. I, I I agree with everything that you said. I'm not disagreeing. I the NBA fishing is not good. Um, and I agree, like I I find the amount of technicals that are getting called over like NBA players like showing emotions bad for the sport, right? Like I don't did you see the the Luka Doncic? tech yesterday he got like he said and and one yeah and one not even like really at a player really like he just yelled at um flexed up and got teed up and i what and like Mm -hmm. that's not good for the sport you're not you don't tech um a young star for like like what's going on here right Mm -hmm. and so everything that you said i can i completely agree with but in terms of like consequences of the sport and like the impact that um the 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 like the officiator has on the game there are higher stakes in 
baseball than basketball, at least from my opinion, right? So if you have an NBA, if, sorry, if you have MLB umpire, right? You saw it today, right? Like I agree with you. You you said um, the the home the home ump was bailing out that that Texas that the Texas starter. I don't don't even forget his name. You basically frosted tips. I think he did. I felt I, the new itch. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no way that hair hair is natural. But again, he lives in Texas, so who knows? Um, the like. You know, you 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 uh, you punch out uh, um, a hitter. He got bailed out. Now the whole team is going to offense now, right? So the, in terms of like consequences of like like yes, um, the NBA uh, officiator, yeah, you you know fouls are are being called too many times. Um, tax are are getting called. They get they go to the line. But if if you know and MLB umpires have a significant more of power over game management. And that's a, that's another conversation that we can have at another time. But I, I think that the uh, officiating in the MLB is more noticeable that, and that like, as a result, uh, games are being uh, negatively influenced uh, by, by umpires more so than uh, in the, in, in the NBA. Yeah, that's fair because you're right. Like a home plate umpire is pretty much calling every pitch, right, for for the whole game, and that can dictate a lot of what goes on. But at the same time, I would say overall, I'm not saying this is true all the time, but overall, umpires are consistent with the calls they're going to give. So if they're, you know, going to be, we'll just disregard um, Angel Hernandez in this because and Joe West, we can't we can't keep Joe West in, in the conversation either. But yes. So overall, we got so we got some umpires that are going to give you, yeah, maybe they'll give you like an inch off both ways. Maybe they'll give you an inch um, at the knees or they'll give you an inch at the at the top of the zone. But usually if they're going to do that, they'll do that for both teams and do the whole game. And as a pitcher, as a hitter, you got to adjust to what they're kind of setting the table for. And I think that's something that's kind of in the player's control. Um, if you see an umpire that's that's inconsistent, yeah, that's that's brutal. But I think that's a little more, you know, irregular. Um, and that could be wishful thinking on my part, but I believe it's a little more regular to see an inconsistent umpire. On the other hand, NBA ref, Simon, a lot of the time, I'm going to be honest, it feels like either the calls are going to superstars because they're because of their names. And I know like players that I like, like James Harden, he'll get in it. He'll be someone who, who has an advantage because of this. Someone like LeBron James is going to get a lot of calls um, and so on. Those guys are going to get calls that other players won't get, which I don't really agree with because in the MLB, in the MLB, the strike zone is more or less going to be the same for every player, right? Right, and I, I just—that's oh, a fair point. I get that you get you get a little bit of perks with being a star, with having experience, but at the same time, let's let's just keep it plain and simple, like black and white, because at the end of the day, the rules are black and white in these sports. So no, and I, I, I agree, to, I agree, yeah. and I think like, um. The NBA officiating has been has been not good, um, and like certain refs um, that like you and I have identified, we saw we you know we see them um, officiating a Raptors game. They go, here we go, here we go. Let's let let's put money on one nurse is getting his first first tech right. Like, yeah. Yeah. and that being said, nurse is a little bit of a handful, and like he has a, a reputation. He's is a reputation, you know. When you get, get he puts that NN hat on and 
Uh, he means he, he means just, business, Jacob. Yeah, there, there's no he gets he gets a little bit emotional. But yeah, no, I think uh, you know it, it's hard, right? Like I think there's like a there's like a set there's like two kind of like conversations to be had when when we're evaluating the impact, and it's like the influence that the officiator has on like the game management and like the overall quality. I think I agree with you that the overall quality of the NBA officiating is probably lower than the MLB or any other league actually to be t- so I, I agree with that point but in terms of what that what the impact has on that on the game I do still think that bad umpires can really really screw over um players teams and thus games yeah and I'll agree with you there I do think like a really bad umpire Yes, that, you know what I mean. Like can, with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a bad NBA ref, okay, fine. You get you know your fouls, um, tax, fine. You're getting some extra points, but like with in terms of like an like, you know, they, they punch it, they punch it aside. You're not hitting anymore, right? Like it really can influence how how a game and and the energy and the flow and the momentum and and all of those things. I don't know. I I don't really know much. I don't really have enough uh, knowledge to. Fully back up my my point. I don't know. I, I was just kind of watching the, NBA, uh, the MLB and I'm like, man, what is this I'm doing? But- yeah, and I think, well, Simon, we're both pretty seasoned veterans when it comes down. Prime, we went to umpiring school. We made about twenty five bucks a summer umpiring. So, no, all joking aside, like umpiring, I I personally believe um is is something, that especially like the higher levels you go, you have a lot of control over the game and you need to kind of be on that game because you're right, a bad umpire can really affect a game, especially if they're being, like I said earlier, inconsistent. Because at the end of the day, that's what makes a bad umpire, bad umpire being inconsistent. Um, on the other hand, an NBA um, ref, in terms of consistency, I just, I feel a lot of the times it's random or it's, you know, they're showing preference to certain players. And we can disagree on this because I understand what you're saying. And I think you understand what I'm saying. We'd love to hear from anyone listening please message us. Let us know if we're even missing, you know, football or, or hockey in this. Are we are we disregarding because we don't watch a lot of NFL? Are we disregarding the refereeing there? Because I know there's been a couple calls that people complain about. Uh, I see on the internet, but at the same time, Simon, mean, I don't think those refs are as heavily. Um, I don't think the game is as heavily reliant on refs in the NHL and the NFL as they are on no. the MLB and yeah. the NBA. Yeah, I agree. Oh, all right. Well, are, are we are we getting into some Leafs talk here, Sherman? So I'm break it down for us. What's what's going on with the uh, with the Leafs? So they're on a on a little bit of a roadie. Um, they won uh, they won two games in Winnipeg, um, which was super cool. Uh, they're in Calgary. They won last night. They play tonight at 9.30. Super happy about that. Looking forward to it. And, and yeah, like um, Galchanyak got his first goal as a Leaf yesterday. That was really, really cool. Um, the trade deadline is, is slowly approaching. There's not a lot of clarity uh, regarding Freddie's injury. And, and Jacob, uh, let's start there. So there's been some discussions, actually, between... Dubis and Freddie uh, for extension talks already. No, wrap it up. Pack it up. Nope. 
pack it up, Simon. Um, if that happens, yeah, that can't happen. I think. I think we've seen not only is Anderson not really reliable at this point, but he's also injury prone. So why would you sign a goalie like that to an extension? So, so you're not even just like open to the idea. Why would I be open, especially with the season we're going through right now? You need a team because you got a future too. Like we're not we're not a one shot one window. No, team we've got right Tavares, like, Matthew Nylander for another four years. Yeah. So like at, at this point, you got to make sure that you, even years. if you don't win this season. You got to be moving forward in a direction that you're confident in. And it, like we've talked about, guys aren't confident in Freddie. Freddie's sporting an 897 save percentage this year. Yeah. And, and he's had like over 20 starts. So that's not something yeah, I'm no. going forward for a championship team. I agree. I just, and I'm, I'm on it. And I think a lot of people are, are sharing that opinion, right? Like, like what, what, like that was a surprise. It was on 31 thoughts with um, Jeff Merrick and, and uh, Elliot Friedman this morning. And they caught a lot of people off guard. A lot of people off guard. Uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But speaking of Freddie, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of injury prone. Uh, there isn't much clarity on, on kind of the extent of his injury. Um, I think that means it's long term. I think usually <laughs> if, if you got good news, you tell the good news. Um, about I don't know, right? Like, I know Dubas has called in on in Buffalo on Allmark. Like, they're, they're talking about goalies. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely think we need someone. We need a goalie, right? If Freddie is going to be hurt, because Campbell is also injury prone too. I like it's it's like it's made of glass at this point. Um, so we need a goalie. Um, um, you know, trade 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 deadline is a week, uh, less than a week away, and um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to kind of see what happens here. I I do think Leafs will make them will make a move. It's going to Leafs actually are probably one of the most interesting teams to follow, I think, with terms of uh, trade deadline is because they're really the only team that's openly said, yeah, we'll be buyers because everyone else has no money or every other general manager hasn't received owner uh, received approval to go get players and kind of things like that. But hey, MLS, he's like, yeah, do this, do it, do what you need to do, buddy. Um, and yeah, I, I think we need, I think we need a goalie. Um Like even if Freddie isn't really going to be hurt, I, you don't want I Hutch don't, backing you up in the playoffs, right? Well, I, I I don't want to see Hutch anywhere near the playoffs. And like we have this like Vihili Vahilin, Vahilian. Um, I'm sorry that I, I pronounced his name wrong, but yeah, we haven't seen him yet. Um, I never want to see Hutch near the playoffs I, I, again. Sandine, uh, Rasmus Sandine, actually speaking of which, uh, has just started practicing again, and and um, he he said. That actually, interestingly, 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 Jacob, both uh, he Keith said that both him and Robertson are going to play key roles in coming down the stretch, which I found interesting. Um, and like, yeah, I, that's kind of where I was at too. And especially if like we're bringing in a top twelve, top six forward again that can play with um, Tavares One and of the big boys. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, it'd probably be with B Tavares and he went about, Hey, we've got Galchenyuk who's also starting to get going to, I'm, it's going to be an interesting week, really. Um, Jacob, I have a theory to why Dubas has not made a move yet. What's that Simon? I think it's because Dubas needs every dollar he can get in terms of reduced cap space, right? Because if you do, if you trade later, 
that's less cap hit on because the deals he's been paid out more. And so I think I think Taylor Hall is going to become a Toronto Maple Leaf. And that is, I guess we can kind of lead into that now. Um, yeah, I, I see Toronto, I see Taylor Hall making um definitely uh, uh Eichel. Oh, sorry, geez. Um, I mean he's he's done for the season, but you know, that was the that was the tandem, right? It was gonna be, you know, Eichel and, and Hall, Eichel and Hall, Eichel and Hall. I think you were kind of joking about how that's a that's a really, really, you know, that's a playoff team. But no, um, I uh, I think like putting Hall, <laughs> like just Hall, Tavares, and Elander is just that's 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 kind of hot. I don't know. I like that. And uh, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, Simon, leading into this, like, what would you give up, or who do you think is an ideal package for the Leafs to kind of give for Taylor Hall? And I know, I don't know how realistic this is. Like. I'm just kind of going based off what you, cause I haven't seen anything on Twitter or Instagram or, or any of those things about trade rumors regarding Taylor Hall and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I, I'm kind of hearing this from you, but we've both kind of brought some, some trade tradable offers that we would give to Buffalo for Taylor Hall. And I, I'm curious as to what yours are. It's weird because oh, yeah, it's not, it's not weird, but like, it's a little silly. It's not. He's a one-year rental. He's a mm. one. He's a one-year rental hall, right? And so, um, and like it's a pretty expensive rental, like nine million. Well, right? yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, we need if we were gonna get Hall, we need salary retained. Like he, like <laughs> Buffalo needs to take, I think, at least fifty percent. Because we just we just don't have the cap space, and so that's like hurdle number one. And um, again, that's why I think they're not. That's why I think Dubas is not really pulled a trigger yet. Because the more calendar dates that get closer to the like, it's less, um, less less money. And so I don't know. And like, uh, Okay, so stop beating around the bush here, Simon. Who are you so, giving okay. up for Taylor Hall? So I think you give up Kerfoot and a a pick, a second round. That seems far too little for it, a player it, like Taylor Hall. For for a one year rental who isn't gonna who isn't yeah, but like they know wants... Buffalo knows the position run. If they you don't think so? You don't think I don't, Buffalo I don't, knows? I, listen here, 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 here. Call me silly. Call me okay. silly. Okay. I don't think Buffalo is going to get a first round pick for um, Hall. I just don't see it. Um, because again, Jacob, where you got to think about the market that all these teams are in. They don't like the market. Like teams don't have money to be like, yeah, Hall, come on down. Come on. The who are the buyers right now? Avalanche. They don't have cap space. They don't need it. Really, they don't need Hall. Right. So it's Boston who could potentially go get Hall. They don't seem super eager on the of the idea or on the idea to add um, money, even if it, even that even even if that is uh, 50 percent retained. So it's 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 Boston, Washington, Winnipeg. What? Yeah, Winnipeg. Right. Like those are the and like apparently Kevin Kevin Shevin uh, Day off is happy with his top six in, Van- in in Winnipeg and they want a defenseman. So like, 
if like Kevin Adams, uh, the GM, the GM in any other year, right? He's getting calls left, right, center. And I think he is, but in terms of like serious buyers, I don't think the list is like super, super extensive. So do you think they want to unload him that badly? Though, do you think like these? Why, let's, why, let's why have him? Like a- why have him? It's a one year deal. Hall does not want to go anywhere near Buffalo after this. So, again, it's a similar idea to Kyle Lowry. But the difference is, but the, yeah. the difference is, Buffalo has no loyalty to Kyle, uh, to, to Taylor Hall, and Taylor Hall could not care about Buffalo. In the Why did he sign there? Did you uh, really think with Eichel they had a playoff chance or was he uh, just Taylor Hall, we'll pay you we'll pay you nine million dollars. Oh, you're gonna pay me nine million dollars in, in a pandemic? Sounds good. I'll play for Buffalo in one year for one year. Hey, uh hey, hey Bogosian. Yeah. Hey Bogosian, can I can I live in your house in in, in uh, Buffalo that you never sold? Yeah, sounds good. That's literally what's happening, right? Like <laughs> Bogosian didn't sell his house in Buffalo when he played there last year. Right, and so that's where Hall's living. I thought he was on the. I thought he was on. He, was on the he got bought out. He got bought out. Year. He got bought out by the Sabers. He like he just said, "I don't want to play anymore," and so he got he got bought out oh, for the Sabers. He played oh, wow. for the Sabers, and then he was like, "Hey, Tampa, you down?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure." And then he won a cup. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to Hall. Right, like, why are you gonna let Hall walk for nothing? And so, I, I. I think Kerfoot is gone, which I, I like. I like Kerfoot. He's kind of fun for me. Um, and he's playing like he, he's on the trading block. And no one wants to go to Buffalo. No one. Like zero people, really. Nice place. At this point. Nice place. Right? Nice place, though. Yeah. If, if you like like wings and. and That's and, it. That's and, it. And, That's the list right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, Cheap alcohol. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. What, like, what, like, do you really think in, in this market, like Jacob, I think when you're evaluating this, you need to understand that there are only three teams or four teams that are a interested in hall and really two or two, I would say two or three that are, that are like it, it, it like they have, it's feasible from a fiscal perspective. Yeah. And I, I think the Sabres are actually in a bit of a unique position because they know no one wants to play there. They're in a, pretty much complete rebuild. I'm sure they have I don't know to how much longer they're hanging on to Eichel. Yeah. Well, they're gonna, so they, they have to, I, here's my thing. I think they're keeping cousins, Dylan cousins, who was in the world juniors this past year uh, for Canada. I think they're keeping cousins. I think they're keeping Ristolainen or sorry, not Ristolainen, uh, Deline and Eichel. You think they're keeping Eichel? I th- there's, there's an asterisk on Eichel, but I really think it's those two players. But I think Kevin Adams is like, Hey, everyone else is on sale. You go, you like who, 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 Right. And I agree. I agree with you. I think they're on a full, full rebuild and, and sorry for interrupting you, but yeah, I think they're in an interesting position. Um, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, so I think they're in a pretty unique position because they're not contending. They in fact are having one of the worst seasons of all time. <laughs> yep. Um, along with that, they have $9 million on Taylor Hall. Like that's in the first place, Simon, I, I'm sure they didn't expect to be in such a bad position right now, but $9 million during a pandemic on a one season player in a window that's not even like remotely close to being your championship window. Like, I find that bizarre, but sorry, that aside, I think the Leafs still need, I think if, I think if Buffalo plays their cards, right, I think they can get a player like Mikheyev and then maybe Dermot 
Mm, interesting. That's that would my I would, that's who I would package. And I know I'm not Dermot's best friend. Um, he no, only that's has interesting though. And like I think he only has three points this year, Simon. Um, no, and I think Dermot is really expendable, right? Especially yeah, absolutely, since, he's expendable. Especially with the quotes that Keith and really Dubis has said, saying, "Yeah, Sandine's going to play like M. Lilligren, right? You have two good defensemen in the wings, and listen, he's already honest, the sixth guy, right? And to be honest with you, Jacob, if he's if he's not getting traded, he's getting picked up by Seattle because that's who we're exposing in the draft, right? And so, good, yeah. You, but like that's and like Dermot's. Dermot, he's fine. He's not great. He's not super, super, like, he's not impressive, right? Like, Bogosian has been more noticeable for me, right? And, like, I know you, you and I differ in opinion with, with that regard, but, but Jake, like here's the, here's one more thing with this Hall situation, though. He hasn't, he has a, he has a, he has a no move clause. Yeah. That, and, like, that was another selling point for, why would he do that? Cause he didn't want to, he didn't, he, he wanted to just, play in Buffalo and wanted to wanted to just make nine mil and really kind of bet on yourself. If we're going to use Why would the he? wise words okay. of, cause he want, he thought he was just going to put points up with Eichel. That's fair. Right. But and so Simon, why has he, sorry, has he outright said that he wants a trade? Yes. Or are we just, everyone's so, no, 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 no. So he said, he said, so there's two things. He said, a, I'm open to the idea. He said in a, in a press conference, and B means I want to leave. Yeah, and B privately, he said, "Get get me the hell out of Buffalo." To to like that's what sources are saying. And like interestingly, guess what his number number one team of interest is? Where's he from, Simon? Is he from Ontario? Jacob. Not only is he from Ontario, guess where he just bought a house? Like literally. Nostalgia literally like Indian road and QEW like Mrs. Literally Mississauga road, like a massive near Austin, eh? pretty close to Austin. (laughs) Maybe he, Simon, even if we don't get him now, is there a chance we get him? Man, I was, I don't even know. I, the fact that he bought a house was weird to me. Um, where is he? Like, where's he born? Like, where's he from? Like what? I think he's from Toronto. Let's ask Siri really quickly. Hey, Siri. Hello, Simon. Where is Taylor Hall from? Taylor Hall was born in Calgary. Oh, he's uh, Calgary. Yeah, I I didn't think he was from Ontario. Regardless, regardless, he doesn't want to play in Calgary. He doesn't want to play in MHN. He doesn't um, doesn't want to play in Calgary. He said that. No one wants to play in Calgary, man. Have you seen what? Never underestimate people wanting to play for their hometown. I agree, but... Calgary are are not buyers. This this the, the, the they're not buyers. I don't think even. But you're telling me the with the with the acquisition of Taylor. I'm not saying they're buying right now, but saying the offseason with the acquisition of Taylor Hall, they can be a pretty decent team. I think, and I think Taylor Hall makes a a team better immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So, and actually, Jacob, you bring up a good point. I think, I think he's going to be a really interesting offseason um, move. I think him is going to be. I think that's going to be really interesting. But. Back to my kind of original point is, yeah, uh, he said that um, Toronto is his number one destination for a trade because he wants to contend, right? And listen, your top six is Hyman, Matthews, 
Marner. Then you got William Nylander, John Tavares, and Taylor Hall. You think they'd push him to? I guess that would be a better a better distribution of wealth to put him on the second line. Are you kidding me? That's a disgusting top six. I know, but I'm saying like I'm I was just playing with the idea of putting yeah. him on the first line with Matthews and Marner because that's a freaking power. That's play. also silly. That is oh well, you're right. That is silly. Um, but, but Jacob, yeah, I think yeah. we need a goalie. Like Jack Campbell's eight no Simon. I I get it, but it's like every every post game one seven five GAA nine fifty one good looks good, you know. And like his Does last that? game, his last game in in Winnipeg, right? He made some saves where, and I thought to the I thought my I thought this to myself, but I also saw it on the timeline where I was like, hey, these saves are like what you need to win a playoff game or like a playoff mm-hmm. series, right? Like you, like these are the saves. And man, athletic, um, mobile, um, he's agile. Like it's 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 interesting. It's just yeah. the health that is concerning. But anyways, we'll move on really quick. And can we quickly talk about the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, we won't spend too much time with them because I think it's it's a bit of a sad you know kind of thing they're going through. But just to update everyone, Simon, how many people now um, on the Vancouver Canucks payroll? So including staff, trainers, players. Yeah. How many people have this COVID virus? So, so officially, um, because we the NHL only releases players, right? Um, so officially, it's 15 players. Um, but with taxi, taxi squad members and um, staff and, and medical staff and coaching staff, it's close to 18 to 20. Um, again, official numbers have not been... Uh, or released yet um and and yeah it, it's it's not a it's not a good situation in vancouver uh, on on many fronts uh from uh obviously the priority here is is their health and and Absolutely. um re- reports aren't great um uh, uh, again this is the uh, a brazilian the brazilian p1 uh vi- variant um and 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 players have uh, gotten real sick to a point where the medical staff have gone to their homes to insert IVs and and potential oxygen and stuff like that. And you know these these are these are professional athletes, right? And so you know that that that's obviously concerning. And then you know to their families and any any health complications that that they may arise. So on that front, that's difficult, right? And but that also leads into really what's going to happen now in terms of where their season progresses at this point. I, I, I think there are a lot of, lot of questions still. Um, and yeah, Jacob, I think like, what's your thoughts on just how really like a workplace? Cause that's what the NHL is to these players with millions and millions of dollars of testing, you know, capabilities and 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 ppe and 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 all of these different things and it, it it's it spread like wildfire through these players yeah like it it's first and foremost i hope everyone gets better and i hope like yeah. especially because it's it's a new variant we don't know all the effects quite yet um i hope everyone's okay after i hope everyone's able to you know still play hockey and, and be themselves after this because we don't know, like I said, too much about this. And I hope everyone's family members that are involved too are okay. 
Um, but even just going back to what you said about having all this testing material, like how does an outbreak like this happen so rapidly? On top of that, is this just kind of pointing out how like the Canadian rollout of vaccines has been so poor? Um, like if we can't even protect the multimillionaires who obviously can afford, you know, to get a vaccine if they wanted to get a vaccine. And and I know we shouldn't be prioritizing athletes just because they're athletes, but they're to be fair, they're they're putting their bodies and a lot of the times their health on the line so we can be entertained with hockey. And I think it would it would be fair for, you know, not just the NHL, but also kind of the government to say, hey, you're you're doing this for more or less people's enjoyment. I know I know it's their job as well. So I'm mean, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment business. Um it feels I'm unfair. I'm with you. Like I, I, I feels unfair. Like, yeah. I'm with they you have on to that. go through this. Again, I just don't know how it blows up to 20 people. Um, yeah, so I quickly. Agree. like, and so did someone just like get a, like a, a false result. Like they got a, a false negative and then everyone thought they were okay. They go around, they infect everyone else at practice. So the, yeah, the real two, um, I think, causes or kind of how how it's gotten to this point really and the first one is the more scarier one it's that this is this variant is just bad 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 right so that's the first one however i do think there may have been some complacency issues regarding the protocols and we've seen it throughout the league, right? You know, mask wearing, coaches pulling their mask down. Um, you know, that, that that the picture of Thornton Matthews and Marner going for a walk over in Calgary. And yeah, they're outside, yeah, they're distance, but hey, they're not wearing their mask as per the protocols that NHL are supposed to be wearing. And the NHL sent out a memo this past week saying like, hey, there has been some complacency issues. They didn't identify any teams, but I, I do think there may have been some some maybe gatherings in a hotel room and I'm not blaming them for that. Um, I'm not, I'm not blaming that for that at all. That's not no, my, everyone's doing that. Like yeah. regardless of the yeah. sport, if yeah. you're in a hotel, you're hanging out with your buddies. So if you think like the, like the, you know, your favorite NHL team is, is staying in their, in their room by themselves on a, on a, on a, on a third, you know, a 12 day road trip. You're, you're insane. That's not, that's not what Unless they're doing. Unless you're John Tavares. Cause he's just lights out by 6 PM. He's up at 5 a.m. Um, starting his starting his run. Um, he's stretching. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think there but, is maybe I think there was some complacency issues with like maybe some lack of mask wearing and plus the variant. Maybe it's actually a combination of the two. But I agree. How how does it get to this? That's a it's a good question. It's a really good question. But but hopefully, so anyways, let's, let's yeah, hopefully uh, they're okay. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. Hopefully they're okay. But. To end this on more of a lighter note, um, Aaron Baines is getting less minute than Chris Boucher now. That's a positive. Uh, I was talking to – we were talking about this, Simon. Who is the most kind of – not hated, let's say, because that's a strong word, but who is under the most scrutiny right now? Is it A, Frederick Anderson, B, Aaron Baines, C, Doug Ford? And we're not a political podcast. This is not – we're not trying to, you know – do anything but we're not you've seen the, the news you've seen the news people are not a fan of doug ford right now because of our new lockdown and and kind of the rollout of things there so we're not commenting on that we're just asking you if anyone wants to let us know yeah, and we're interested kind of the most 
who are people most upset with right now? Yeah. Aaron Baines, Doug Ford, Frederick Anderson. That's a good way of questioning it, Jacob. That's yeah. I like the, how you frame that. But yeah. Thank you. You were purely, you know, bureaucratic here. So thanks for listening. Um, please let us know. Please share. We're in some, you know, we're in some business talks right now. Getting out there. S- several uh, multi, multi-marketing licensing deals in the works. Um, um, if you see us on a bus, don't be surprised. Take a picture, send us in. Thanks for being here for day one. We appreciate that. Yeah.